Hello, listeners. Welcome to No Limits, Episode 3, a PlayStation podcast presented by Save the Game Media. I'm your host, Taylor, and my co-hosts, Brianna and Sam, are with me today. Remember, you can find this podcast over on youtube.com slash save the game media every Tuesday. And while you're over there, make sure to subscribe to the channel. If you'd rather listen to audio or on all of your favorite podcast services and would love if you would please drop a five star review. It helps us out with the algorithm and all that jazz. If you would like to talk to us on the daily or send in questions, check out our discord link is in the show notes. You can also send your questions over at Twitter at save game media not save the game media but save game media one word because twitter hates me and finally if you want to support us and get early access to all the save the game media content including shows like project x talk frame by frame i hate my friends please go over to patreon.com save the game media and choose the tier that's right for you just like our current patrons hopple bucky blue and alpaca tom so with that said, how are we doing today, guys? I'm very warm. As a Brit, we are not acclimatized to warm weather. We like drizzle. We like dark, damp, rain, gray, gray clouds, you know, overcast. And we've got a, a week of, of very, very, very warm weather. Um, so I'm, I'm not okay right now, unfortunately. Sorry. Taylor. But I'm happy to be here. That's the yeah. main thing. It's not like the heat coming from your PlayStation is helping. Yeah. See, I've I've st- I've committed to doing that every week now, and I feel <laughs> like I can't I can't make that excuse. As much as maybe it probably would make sense to turn it off, I'm going to keep it there for the aesthetic. Gotcha. Nice. I appreciate that. Um, what about I, you, Bree, with your I new really, mic? Well, I have yeah, my new mic. You can't see it, but it's like right here. She has Nagato Wave 3, for those wondering. Mm-hmm. The white um, It's Yes, we got the white version. <laughs> Kevin doesn't. going to be mad. About it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's very pretty. It looks really nice with my PlayStation. So I'm enjoying that. Other than that, I'm happy to be back in California. I love Utah, but it was like 100 degrees plus. Yeah, routinely 39 Celsius Sam in Utah. Mm. and dry would love to be there i'm sure you know, <laughs> very briefly yeah. maybe not yeah <laughs> yeah i actually have a weather related story that's i don't know just happened to me like friday and it was so odd i feel compelled to share especially with you know global warming being in the news again shockingly um so i was driving home from my folks on Friday night and it started raining kind of pouring around 8 45 p.m and it just I was like on the highway and it just started pouring for like I don't know 10 15 minutes Mm. and then it almost when I got to a certain location it stopped nearly immediately and the road ahead of me was completely dry not not one speck of moisture Mm. i've never been on the i guess the the border quote-unquote border of a storm before i thought it was more gradual it's supposed to be but it was in the span of 10 seconds pouring to no rain and the road in front of me was dry and i thought i was (laughs) i thought i was like seeing things like no how is it it's not dry 
what the hell's going on? Glitch in the Matrix. Yeah, and it was. I was. I guess I was. I went right through the outer border of a, a thunderstorm, man. Yeah, it's so crazy when you get like right at yeah. the edge of those storms. I've just never done just... that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a thing, though. I guess now that you're bringing mm. it up, I assume you've you've been through it, Bree and Sam. Oh. Yeah, um, the worst was when I was in, surprisingly, in Arizona. Um, we went during monsoon season for an indoor percussion competition. Um, and we were outside with all of our drums and everything. And just a wave of, like, the most insane rain just, like, drenched everything within seconds. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah, I mean, over here, like, especially because I live very rurally, um, there's not really anything to obstruct my view for miles in pretty much every direction. So whenever there is a storm, I can typically, not all the time, I can typically see the cutoff point. Whether that's directly over me is a different point, but I can see. It's very, very bizarre seeing rain at a, at a distance when it's not raining where you are. It just looks yeah. sort of like this hazy mist thing and it can come on you like within seconds like you say interesting um okay. yeah very very bizarre mm, yeah. so you know how like in stories like they're like dramatically the one person has the cloud over them that could theoretically mm -hmm. happen then i guess <laughs> well when you're in the shower yeah. you've created a cloud Hi. the steam if you're taking a hot shower you're condensing water right above you that is Scientifically, the direct definition of a you know of a cloud or condensing, or condensed water that's being redistributed as moisture coming back down. Ooh. I really enjoy that. I am forever going to say that now. Yep. I'm gonna go take a rain or something. <laughs> take a rain. Uh, <laughs> there you go. And what else? What else have you guys been playing? Um... If, if anything. There's only a couple of things. I'm still, you know, doing my my weekly routine, um, delving into the, the PlayStation Plus catalog. Um, lovely little, very short indie game called Virginia, um, based on the state uh, in in the US. Um, yes. I think it's a state. It's a state. Um, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the way I would define it is if Play Dead as in the, the developers of Limbo Inside, if they made a first-person X-Files game... Was it developed um, by them, or is this just an analogy? I No, I think it was developed by them. I, I might be misinterpreting. I think that Playdead is the name of the studio that created those titles. It was um, developed by Variable State. Oh. Former, from former devs who made it from Deep Mind Technologies. Interesting. So maybe it's a publisher. Um, Play Dead does say I've just looked up. It does say Inside and Limbo. So maybe they are oh. publishers or co-devs, something yeah. potentially. Um, but anyway, but yeah, sort of a very artsy kind of um, very vague narrative speaking X Files title. Um, not not licensed IP or anything, but very much in that vein in terms of tone and, and where the story goes. Um, that was really enjoyable, like a, a, quite a nice surprise personally. Um, and then the only other thing I've been delving into is, or trying to get into, I should say, is Lego Star Wars, the, the Skywalker, Skywalker Saga. Skywalker Saga, there you go. 
and giving that a go because um, I loved the Lego games as a kid and this one is something that I've been meaning to get to since it came out and this week is is the week it's so. quite quite nice a lot to do like so much to do but almost too much but it's 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 nice it's a bit of a nostalgia trip there you go well like you having so much to do I've also I played a little bit of Halo but this past week I've mostly been playing well over the past few days more breath of the wild i'm 80 hours in i don't think i'm even i don't think i'm even 60 percent of the way through for what i want to do in the game so like to give you guys some perspective that's a long time in a game for me let alone not even being close to finishing yet but i've been slowly playing the game over the past like four or five years and i'm still at it i'm just I don't know, exploring every region trying to find shrines Going around in my huge horse. It's a lot of very special moments in that game when it comes to discovery. And I'm still finding that. Even though I'm very much an opponent to mostly open world games, Breath of the Wild I've kind of turned around on in a lot of ways. I can't take it in really high dosages. Like I can't play it for two weeks straight. But sometimes I just get on and I get lost for few days and then i don't touch it for a couple months and then i come back hmm. that's that's kind of been the cycle but it's kind of crazy and it also takes my mind away from performance you know i got a new gpu all the all about the frames and then i go play breath of the wild that runs at like you know 30 fps <laughs> on a good day but it's you know, i'm still taken away by the environment and things to do so hmm. it's, it's a little humbling playing that and um, I've also watched, not a game, but I watched the movie for the first time, The Evil Dead, Sam Raimi's original work from 1981. I really enjoyed it. I thought mm -hmm. some of the shots were, ex camera shots were extremely creative and unique and interesting. And I hope to watch the sequel in the near future. But yeah, that's what I've been doing. That sounds fun. Um, I am so sad to say that I didn't play any games this week okay. the reason i'm so sad about it is because i specifically bought chicken police to play on the plane chicken police and yeah yes. i it's downloaded on my switch ready to go and then <laughs> i realized that there was no way for me to play on the plane because the way i play is i just have the console and then i have like a separate controller because oh. my joy cons stopped working forever ago what do you mean stopped okay like like the things that click on the joy cons or whatever they just don't work the joy con rails to click into the switch no like the actual things they just stopped working yeah no so drift, i could replace just... them but like i yeah, already wow. have like a regular controller oh what i do fine to play with right except for like on the plane yeah for so for something like that it's a solution for what you're saying already exists it's a product called the the fixture s1 and it clamps onto your pro controller and then the other side clamps onto your switch tablet so then you can basically play your control your switch is right below your um below your eyes and below your switch is your controller right under it it's basically how you have a mic arm to a desk this is effectively a switch arm to your controller interesting so just okay. if you just google fixture s1 or look it up on amazon yeah, it's to, there. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. Anyways, yeah. yeah. I also prefer to play with the Pro Controller. It's an incredible controller and probably one of my all-time favorites that is a far, far, far cry from 
the Joy Cons. I'll be honest, I don't think mine's a pro controller. I think it's an off brand. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's okay. Power A, whatever it is. But yeah, I freaking love the controller. Um, I love the Switch in general, but yeah, I was pretty bummed I didn't get a play. However, what I did do this week um, was I tried to get a bunch of people addicted to the show Heartstopper. I don't know if anybody has watched that. Is that an, mm-hmm. is that an anime or a show? show? No, it's not an anime. Aren't you so proud of me? Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it is um, a, just like a live action regular TV show um, based on a comic by Alice Osman, I think is how you say her last name. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just about like this, these two boys meeting in an all boys school and like a rugby player and like a nerd and and they're platonic no <laughs> platonic it is definitely a romance show but hey. it's the fluffiest romance and it'll just that's good make your heart feel so good mm-hmm. so highly recommend it to everyone but then i watched like the first episode like three times this week because i was trying to get it like whoever i was hanging out with i was like oh uh, we should watch this show because i like there you go <laughs> the gay agenda indoctrinating the gay agenda pre god damn it <laughs> i know it's okay the we top water is already doing it for me so we love all our lgbtq pals mm-hmm. nice cool yeah. so with that said let's swerve into the news mm-hmm. so first sony has completed their acquisition of bungie this deal was announced in january 2022 but Sony and Bungie finally closed the deal. And yeah, now it's official. Put a ring on it. They put the ring on it. So, there we go. And this comes from VGC. <laughs> ring on it. <laughs> Hooray. I'm I'm to be like serious, like I really don't know how to feel about this. Like I think it's a good get. Like Bungie are very clearly a very talented developer. Right. Um, you know, Destiny has only really been improving, not that I play it, but it's been improving, um, you know, expansion upon expansion, content drop upon content drop. And the the thing, I guess it's just that I don't know what this deal actually looks like at the end of the day. That is the the thing that I'm I'm struggling to clamp onto. Right. it's staying multi-platform. Yeah, so Bungie said they wanted to keep their autonomy in development. What I assume yeah. happens is Sony gets a lot of good rights um, to PR, a cut of marketing, stuff like that. And also, what I assume will happen is since Destiny 2 is free to play, there'll be PlayStation Plus perks in the pipeline for subscribers, whether it's only premium or extra and premium. Or even essential, although I doubt they'd offer it to essential. I assume you know some limited access or access for a limited time, or maybe even full access to some of the latest Destiny Two expansions. They might cut a deal with on Bungie to 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 leverage the revenue from those promotions. That's what I think happens with Bungie. Also, it's good for Sony just to have another fantastic developer sorry, under their wing, especially in context of first-person shooters, mm-hmm. right? Bungie right now with Destiny 2 is widely considered the best modern FPS for many people. 
like people say the gunplay is exquisite and you know if bungie makes um a single player adventure or another shooter that isn't destiny 2 in the next few years sony might also try to leverage that or contract them an exclusive not contract internally put them on an exclusive fps or maybe for a single player game i don't know i think that's what sony has to take from the offer or not from the offer from the acquisition yeah and also just like bungie having i guess live service expertise if you want to, to phrase it as expertise or experience should i say more so than any other playstation first party studio by a country mile um so i guess you know playstation sony in general have said that they want to branch out into more live service multiplayer titles and bungie is a hell of a a feather to have in your cap if you're making those kind of decisions for your future so. yeah they know how to do it you know quote unquote right mm -hmm. what we've seen thoughts brie no i honestly like i'm so far removed from bungie um like i know of them and like obviously they're like a huge name but i'm just like not really in the realm of any of those games yeah so as far as like acquisition i mean it's kind of hard to say exactly what you guys said. Like, where is it going? Like, especially if they're not really like PlayStation can't get too many exclusives. Like maybe they'll get some like, like exclusive skins or something like that. But like, I mean, it's hard to say where it's really going to go because they can't just have like a fully exclusive game. Um, it could be something where we're looking at an exclusive game really far in the future. Like, yeah, six years, five years, mm -hmm. seven years. Yeah, so they're just starting development on a brand new game right now kind of thing, and that will only release on PlayStation. But other than that, I'm not really sure what it could be. So, unfortunately, don't have too many thoughts. Yeah. So I mean, they they said that they wanted to bring, I think that they are working on a new IP launching before 2025, I think was the plan. Okay. I, I almost, and this has only really just come to me, Maybe it's kind of like a Bethesda situation, you know, where like they say that everything is or, or in inverse, should I well, say? No, I where... feel like it's different because they Bungie explicitly came out and said, we re we will continue to make our games multi-platform and like kind of do what we want develop developmentally. Uh, Bethesda did not come out with that statement. And yeah, but in terms of, yeah, so I guess like an inverse whereby... Bethesda have said that, you know, the, the assumption is Starfield future titles will be Microsoft exclusive at the very least timed. And Bungie is saying, yes, we're going to keep everything multi-platform, but does that just mean for things like Destiny 2? And right. if they do release another multiplayer title where they would like cross-play to be a thing... But then if they do, like you say, maybe do a single player title down the line, maybe that is exclusive and they can yeah. find leeway in how they phrase things now. So yeah, that's what I'm wondering them. is like the if they if they want to do like a story based game that's just like single player or maybe has a multiplayer mode or something like that. But I mean, I don't really know what that would look like, but I'm interested. Yeah. And. Pre, what other acquisition was on the horizon here? 
I can't even believe it. It's freaking crazy. They've been, they've been having a crazy week. Um, so Sony has completed their acquisition of Haven Entertainment. Um, the deal was announced previously, but it's like officially going through. Yeah, I don't know why this is news. I'm going to be honest. I think it's, it's the amount of coverage has been so... This is this duel has been ridiculously overrepresented in games and media, and I think it's stupid because Haven hasn't shown us any anything of what Jade Raymond is working on at Haven is still behind closed doors, and there's there's no games that have come out of this studio yet. It's one of those things where I don't want to hear about it until you show me some gameplay or at the very least a teaser trailer on on what is it a multiplayer title haven's working on correct mm -hmm. yeah so uh i guess i'm a bit jaded by that but hey they just oh wait that was not pun intended <laughs> but I guess it, let's just say it was baby so but yeah i like the bungee acquisition sony finally just put pen to paper and another ring on it so and this deal was announced in yeah march of this year so i mean the thing is is you have to assume that they're seeing something on their end that it has to be worth the money, right? Like, right. Just I, I just wish that was public up, but... already. Yeah. <laughs> At least for, for sure. your shareholders, right? Sony's... Yeah. I mean, the only thing that is mentioned in the article um, is that it, they're working on a persistent and evolving online title, so live service. And they have explicitly said, or one of the founders of the studio said, that they want it to also be a social platform, the likes of which we haven't seen before. Now what, that sounds metaverse? like PR talk to me. Yeah, they're making but... like Facebook crossed with like metaverse. Hey. They want to. They want to. <laughs> like, it sounds like metaverse. That's what it sounds like. I like. Yeah, they must have seen something, and I agree that it should be something at least give an illusion to what it is, rather than just saying it's a multiplayer title. But I can only imagine that it's also like the name recognition of Jade Raymond, which I think is ill-informed because, you know, not to slant her or anything, but I don't think she's been particularly relevant in the past decade. No. Obviously, she's major in terms of the history of the games industry, but um, like, I'm, I'm not sure that she's proven herself in sort of a 2022 landscape. No. She's not a, she doesn't have the type of name recognition that Hideo Kojima would or exactly. Corey Barlogwood, or an Amy Hennig, or a Shig Shigeru Miyamoto, you know, a bit lower on the totem pole here. And I yeah. think we need to, I, I need to see some proof here of good stuff. Kind of feels like PlayStation have just kind of betted that this title, they, they like might. the look of, but they bet that they're right. hoping that it, it pays off. And that, right. yes, now they're, they're already first party, so we've got them already. Um, just kind of like throwing it out there just because I think it would be interesting. But um, I can't remember the name of the game, but I think it's like VR or something, something. But it's like the VR game where you can like interact with people. And it's like almost like a social media game. I can't remember the name of it right now. But basically you run around as like a character, but you're just talking to people based on proximity. You can go in rooms and talk to people and stuff like that. So I wonder like because that could be like they could do some sort of like game mixed with something like that. Um, mm hmm. Just throwing it out there. Just that's almost sounds like an MMO. No, that kind of social mm -hmm. atmosphere to it. I don't know. I mean, 
I'm not. I don't think MMOs have done incredible. Well, I, I should. Final Fantasy fourteen. I was gonna say. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I play hundreds of hours. I've got like last time I checked, like over a thousand hours of Final Fantasy fourteen. So yeah, it'd be cool. interesting to see whether like having a first, if it is, if it does interestingly end up being an MMO, whether the fact that it is first party entices people that maybe wouldn't have gone for an MMO on console otherwise into trying it out. You know, like. Because there, there is this kind of thing where Sony fans will typically be more inclined to try first-party titles than any other because there is this indicative presumption that there is this level of quality coming from first-party. So maybe maybe that's something they could go for if it does end up being a more MMO kind of experience. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Sure. It's so open-ended. Yeah, mm. it definitely is. Also, the name of the game is VR Chat. Just... <laughs> and Sam, Kia sent on this new loyalty program. PlayStation Stars Battle Royale. What's it called? <laughs> when I saw the tweet that for like <laughs> for a split second, I got so excited. And unfortunately, uh this isn't anywhere near as exciting, in my opinion. But PlayStation is introducing a new loyalty program later this year called PlayStation Stars. It's a free-to-join program, and essentially it kind of acts as, I don't know what the equivalent is called on Xbox. Microsoft the, Rewards. That's it, yeah. So like um, Microsoft Rewards, yeah. Where you complete in-game activities, and as you do so, you'll sort of, over time, accumulate rewards. Um, they typically spin these things that you will earn rewards far faster than you actually do. Um, but that's just the nature of these kind of, especially because it's free to join and whatnot. It's not, you know, part of a subscription or whatnot. Um, but it involves winning tournaments, which I, I assume is like only with online games, whether they hold in-game tournaments with specific online I, games. Yeah, I guess. Maybe Destruction All-Stars tournament. I don't, I don't know yeah. what tournaments. Um, I mean, Sony and Epic have like quite a tight partnership, so maybe there's oh, Fall Fortnite Guys or Fortnite. Well, and, yeah. Probably with um, Warzone Apex. Very true. Deals. Yeah. Uh, also, if you earn specific trophies in games, or, and they, they clarified this, that if you are the first person to wow. platinum a game within your local time zone, that is running category a now. specific thing that will earn you presumably a fair fair chunk of these stars i guess is what the currency it's like is one star <laughs> yeah just one. They're like you rushed for um, one um, yeah but i feel like that would be game reviewers who get the game early could could just do this weeks Which earlier is, like part of me is like oh no because we won't typically have access pre-release but for me specifically because i work for ign and i do a lot of like pre-release coverage of things i might have a bit of an in here so i'm also kind of <laughs> sounds like yeah just leave it in <laughs> <laughs> um and then the points that you accumulate can either be redeemed as uh funds for your playstation store online wallet um or if you want to buy specific products on the playstation store that isn't that store but the online store where you can buy like merch and things like that, you can oh. discount products. I thought it was PlayStation. You can't, yeah, yeah. Like, so, like, I guess the wallet funds. I know, but I still figured those discounts. I'm surprised the discounts are on non game. Um, I will, I will double check. I, I guess it kind of would make sense for it to be both now that I think about it. 
I just don't know whether they have actually points can be redeemed in a catalog that may include PSN wallet funds and select PlayStation Store products. As a so maybe for certain games they're running a promotion. Okay, yeah, no, I've just I've just double checked uh, an additional article, and they have not in the blog post that we've linked in our our show notes, but um, they have said that it is for both that PlayStation Store and the merchandise store. For audio listeners, when he says that PlayStation Store, he's referring yes, to I'm the, pointing the game store that you can access on your console. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, so uh, interesting, like very weird move for PlayStation. And then I, I will actually throw this in just before we open up discussion. Digital collectibles. Um, they are also apparently involved and can be earned. And they had to pretty much immediately come out and clarify that these are not, in fact, NFTs. Um, ah, damn it. I appreciate oh. the clarification so much. Sorry, guys. Honestly. Guy. Yeah, you prefer the <laughs> I'm clarification. So tired. Well, trust me, they're not clarifying because they feel bad. They're clarifying it for PR to maximize profit because mm -hmm. they know game players don't like NFTs on the whole. But yeah. Yeah, I think like they said that digital collectibles actually, I don't know how how this actually accumulates on a profile. Like, are they yeah. going to have an app where you can oh, view your things that you've accumulated? Maybe? Steam has something a little similar to this called like steam trading cards mm. which you can apparently sell to other users and stuff i'm not entirely informed in the process but steam does have this digital collectible yeah. system involving those cards i am almost so is this anything similar to like what nintendo eShop does as well where you get like those coins for purchasing things or is i don't it think so like... that's more credit than a collectible okay. those coins can just the only use those coins have is either purchasing an item from the eShop or from the My Nintendo store. Mm -hmm. They're not digi like digital trinkets or figurines or icons, so to speak. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. This is it's just bizarre. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm to be, to be to clarify, sorry, I'm with the thing of, you know, as you play through games, you steadily accumulate points that you can use to redeem and discount buying games like that's cool xbox have done that for a long time yep. and it's a cool program but then like having the first a platinum a game in a time zone and the digital collectibles it's just it it reminds me a lot of sony in the ps3 era where they were kind of like sat on a high horse going oh look we we mm -hmm. can be we can be bourgeois and we can do all of these things that no other people are doing and we can one-up everyone and that's where they started to lose the fight um it's where they kind of lost that generation because they thought that they were the bee's knees and they sort of became inactive and fell behind the curve so well, it just, just yeah. seems like a weird decision to me but playstation i guess i'm gonna be like well actually the ps3 <laughs> ended up selling more consoles than 360 by the end of the seventh generation Sure. Last of Us put and we put in a ton of momentum there, but I, I agree. For most of the seventh generation, up until maybe the last year or so, PlayStation was three was on consensus in the Western Hemisphere the console viewed as inferior. Mm -hmm. You know that Xbox Live and MW two and three just really hit yeah. it home. Uh, but 
anyway. it's always interesting watching how the consoles like move and compete against each other and then you just have like nintendo just like over there doing their own thing <laughs> yeah they do their own thing and whether they crash and burn or succeed you know the wii mm-hmm. best-selling console of all time right ds ds family of systems sold tons 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 millions millions i think they broke 100 million and then you know the wii u which it did what, so 13, well 13 million total lifetime sales <laughs> i think the switch eclipsed it within the first year no more than yeah. the first no more than the second it was year. a very short time period oh yeah actually i think they sold more there's many multiple switch games that have sold more than the wii's lifetimes wii's lifetime sales yeah including okay. smash ultimate yeah. yeah but anyway yeah what about or actually i think i'll take this one so the PlayStation PlayStation Plus July catalog has been revealed, and the rumor we previously referenced last week's episode turned out to be mostly, if not all, true. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of which, Final Fantasy VII Intergrade and, and Intermission—it's the first Final Fa- the com- first Final Seven Final Fantasy VII remake game in completion—is now on the service. Marvel's Avengers for what's left of that game after Square Enix killed it. Mm-hmm. A fair number of Assassin's Creed titles, including Assassin's Creed Rogue, Black Flag, and the Ezio Collection. Two classic games, No Heroes Allowed and Loco Roco Midnight Carnival, both of which are PSP titles. And the biggest headliner for this month, which releases on Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken, Tuesday, July 19th, correct? Stray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Highly anticipated indie game where you play as a cat. I'm interested in it. I know Bree can't wait for it. I know Sam's interested in it. But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. No, I as soon as we're done here, I'm gonna turn my PlayStation and see if I can pre-download anything. Preload it, yeah. But I cannot wait for Stray. I'm also really interested in like I so I didn't have a PSP and there were a lot of titles that I feel like kind of just died with the PSP. So I'm hoping that we like with this get a bunch of those back. Oh, yeah. Because there were a bunch of games that I really wanted to play, oh, yeah. but realistically, where I was like in my life, and like, like I just didn't have like funds to buy a PSP. So. Let alone the mm-hmm. Vita, right? Other than Persona 4 Golden, which finally got moved to PC, and now other platforms. There's so many art- coveted RPGs and games that are, you know, stuck on Vita until emulation comes and brings them to the forefront in the next 15 yeah. years. Yeah. Well, hopefully, we'll get some good stuff. Do you think that, like, because I've seen a lot of discourse around this when it was, like, officially unveiled. Obviously, the rumor has been going around for a week or two. But, um, like, some people have said that they aren't satisfied with this. Like, having, obviously, we we knew prior to the revamp coming out that we would be getting monthly additions and, and refreshes. But now we kind of have a proper definitive indication of what, in terms of the amount of content and what types of content. That we're going to get each month is that is this enough for you right. personally like... so people aren't satisfied with which tier are we talking about extra and premium premium extra essential Who, who's that I, I guess i guess both but aiming towards premium if we're counting the classic I, yeah as well. i never thought premium was worth the asking price i still don't think it's worth the asking price mm-hmm. which is 120 dollars a year uh, in 
the US dollars because the PS3, basically the only thing you're getting from moving from PS Plus Extra to PS Plus Premium is this classic catalog of games, many of which are already available for purchase on on the cheap on PSN. The PS3 games are streaming only, where if you mm-hmm. have internet with unreliable ping or just bad internet, you can't experience the games well. It'll be very laggy. So un- until PS3 games go native on a native emulator, I don't think premium will be worth the price. Uh, unless Sony just like artificially excludes games from it, from their extra tier yeah. and brings them to premium, kind of forcing it, which I wouldn't like, but it would make you look at premium as more of a impressive option as a consumer. But uh, what do you guys yeah, think? I, but I think like the thing is, is that they're like, they really are marketing like premium as like a premium, if that makes sense. Like, I understand that it's like not necessarily worth it, but it's like more about like, like it's, I think it's just that little last extra step on top of everything else rather than like, like I have to have this kind right. of thing. So hopefully they don't start hiding titles behind that because so far I've been really impressed with like the way that everything's like kind of layered or at least like maybe I'm just happy with like my tier. Mm. I don't know. I think like as far as like where they are with like the lineup, um, I think that they are really like coming out with a bang with like brand new title coming out stray. Like that's not like a small title. Like I would have spent a hundred dollars to get that game. Right. I'd call that, even though I guess this categorizes an indie game, I think it's, borderline double a yeah if not double a or a triple triple i as i've heard some people yeah say it before it definitely feels like that so i think that that's like let alone like final fantasy 7 which is like every like not everybody but a lot of people love so yeah i think it's weird like it's kind of doing two things at once where all of the titles bar the classic ones are reinforcing that extra is the place to be like because yeah. you are getting the bulk of that, they are all, with maybe the exception of Avengers, excellent titles or, or good times. But I think at the same time, it's weirdly like putting people off of getting premium even more. Because you know, Bree said it. Like the only reason that people really want to go to premium is for the classic titles. But like, as someone who is currently on premium, just because I wanted to try it out, and I'm probably going to dip down. Um, especially now that I know that okay. there's not really anything of substance coming in that justifies the difference between extra and premium. So right. what would make you stay then, just out of curiosity? I just think like it's cool that we are getting a couple of PSP titles, but I think that I would not necessarily expect the same level of consistency from that extra level, you know, the Stray, Final Fantasy VII, Marvel's Avengers, because that isn't... You can't maintain that in terms of a classic catalog for so long. You can do it for a few months potentially, but eventually the the quality and the the amount are going to drop off. I was maybe just expecting a little bit more, like maybe another couple of PS1 titles, maybe a PS2 title and four or five PS3 titles. Again, streaming only, obviously, for PS3, but I think only two classic games to throw into the catalog Anybody that wasn't on premium already looks at that, unless no no heroes allowed and Loco Roco Midnight Carnival happens to be their favorite game of all time, which I doubt. Um, <laughs> isn't that's not going to encourage them to, to tear up? Where typically, right. even though you want to lure most people to the extra tier, 
you probably still want to try and bait the people that might go the extra step to take this, the plunge into premium. And I don't think that's going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, think... maybe they're holding titles for the holiday and then mm. offer offer a discount around November, December. It's potentially, yeah. But that's, that's also for a streaming service. I'm sorry, for a subscription service. I think you can make a strong argument that's bad practice. Yeah. The nice part about subscription mm. services is you get things things come in a timely manner and new incentives to keep your subscription are constantly coming out. I don't think the waiting to put your games in the holiday model. I think that system works a lot, works a lot worse, in a subscription model than a standalone game release model. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. I almost like for the premium. Like, I I wonder like if they have plans. Like, they're like, oh, this is going to be the thing that gets everybody, and it just wasn't ready yet. But like they didn't yeah. want to delay the whole thing because of that. You know what I mean? Like maybe they were like everything is ready besides like these couple of things. I I don't know. Like I, I get what you guys are saying. Like because I have no desire to go to premium. Like it's there's nothing. There's like a couple things that I'm like mm, it would be interesting, but like nothing that I'm like I have to have. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they might also just be biting the bullet for now, and that they're developing behind the scenes infrastructure in mm -hmm. place to offer you truly a com more compelling package on the aggregate for consumers on the premium tier. They just accepted kind of like Xbox has to an extent with their first party titles down the, down the pipeline that they need more time in the oven. And they're just going to ride things out for now un until they reach that, that finishing point. That could be another player. That's what I hope is the reason why. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I definitely, like, I hope, like, for premium subscribers, I hope that. But as a not premium subscriber, like, I want to keep getting the rewards instead. Mm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that way I don't have to pay yeah. more money. But. And also looking across the pond at Xbox, like, when Game Pass first came out, it had a few stumbling blocks. Oh, yeah, and it first. wasn't day and date. Exactly. And also, like, backwards compatibility didn't come straight away. So I think, like, Yes, it's cool that as soon as this service has launched, we got access to a very small classic catalog. But it, 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 even with that context, it still doesn't change the fact that this kind of update for the classic catalog uh, is still a little bit underwhelming overall. Yeah, so maybe this really is truly just like an infrastructure move. Yeah. Not like a pure premium experience yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So with that said, now we're going to move on to our next segment of the show, which was previously in the first couple episodes called Topic of the Show, but I kind of made the audible to change the name because I don't want to be as close to kind of funny as that would suggest. So we renamed this extra segment where we talk about whatever we want and field your questions in Limitless. Mm. Fitting with, pun intended, you know, fitting with the name of our podcast, Get that SEO, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin gets on my ass about SEO, but so yeah. Uh, and our first on this segment is sorry, our first topic in Limitless is with these new additions from July, as we just talked about, announced to PlayStation Plus. What modern or classic titles would be our dream additions to the service, and why? 
I like can't not say Mort the chicken, right? Like, oh, do it, do it, Let's see it, do it. I so after we talked about it, like I genuinely I went back. I think I may have said something last week, but I went back and like watched like the opening cutscenes and stuff. And there's like so much good stuff in there. They're like they're like should we panic they're like doing like a new segment he's like should we panic and they like flips to the doctor and the doctor's like we're chickens we should definitely panic (laughs) what i love that game it's so funny rose tinted glasses is all i'm gonna say (laughs) Um, yeah so i want to see that i'm gonna go with a bit of a ambiguous answer and i just i think Maybe kind of what I was indicating earlier, but didn't say was the like, it's super weird that before this subscription service relaunched, there were far more classic titles available for purchase on the PlayStation Store. And since this revamp, they've disappeared. Even stuff you would expect to be there, like um, a lot of first party stuff has, has just vanished. Like, the old resistance titles from insomniac or um the infamous games from sucker punch those kind of things are i would i would have thought auto includes yeah um at least on the extra tier you know maybe not premium because they aren't necessarily ps2 titles or, or backwards um but like it's just weird that they aren't there and i think that those kind of things even though they aren't going to be in the premium tier to get people to subscribe to extra which is clearly what they're gunning for at the minute those sort of things i think should be there and i can't see a reason why they wouldn't have been there already there may be something in like the code or something that's preventing the game from being added there's always like like speaking just from like my having like a computer science minor experience there's some weird bugs where it's like why is this interfering I think like there could there could be something like that that they just have to take time to work out or they like there could be titles like especially like older titles that maybe there's like remakes in the distance that they just can't say anything about Um, or like even something like a Spyro collection for specifically for like resistance or something Mm -hmm. like that. So there's well, like yeah. probably a lot of those kinds of things coming too because those are making tons of money. I don't know if Spyro. I don't know. If, I don't think Sony has the rights to release original Spyro games because now it's owned by Activision, which is owned by Microsoft. So, yeah, yeah, I was just more in just like referencing like that, like like they redid like the first three, four games and like did like a graphical upgrade and yeah, stuff like that. Trilogy, so yeah. yeah, so I think like um, I'm wondering like how many of those games are in the works that they can't talk about True. because they don't want to like if they release it now and then like in a year there's like a remake it's like well why did you do this kind of thing mm-hmm. um because then you'll just spend more money but <laughs> yeah it depends yeah i think there really aren't any my only desire for the service is uh native ps3 titles on the play- playstation 5 i've said it before and i'll i've said it again that's really my, that's the only glaring issue i have with their service right now mm-hmm. so if that takes hold that's good enough for me honestly like stray being on there was like my dream and like we've already achieved it so <laughs> you would have bought it on pc anyway 
yeah, no, I would have. I would have spent so much money on that. If they were like, yeah, this is a $100 game, I would have been like, yes, of course. <laughs> yes, it's a $100 game. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. And with the acquisitions of both Bungie and Haven finalized, and their clear focus on multiplayer titles going forward, what collaboration would most excite you? More specifically, which PlayStation IP would you like to see get a big multiplayer treatment? I, I think I would like to... This is a little cheating. I just really like to see what the new factions is in Last of Us. I really want to check it out. Um, and I know we're going to see it get the multiplayer treatment, but the fact that we haven't had an update since 2013 or 2014 with Last of Us Remastered on factions mm -hmm. is makes me very, very needy to see, to see what the new edition is. Do you think it's going to have a battle royale? It might. I wouldn't bank on it. Um, that's all I'm going to say. They could actually, they could add a post launch. They could add something really interesting where I wouldn't say interesting, but topical where, um, everyone, it becomes in, it's not necessarily a battle royale, but it's almost last man standing where everyone else is infected. And there's one player who's not infected and they are souped up with a lot of weapons, increased health, interesting, powerful melee moves, and everyone's trying to hoard this one survivor and see see who wins. Maybe something like that. I think that's, or they could just literally do a battle royale and just do that. But I think the first way I said would make it topical for how a zombie apocalypse would operate on a battle royale mm -hmm. scale. I think I, and it's kind of like a cliche answer, I suppose, because a lot of people have said it since, you know, the games have come out. But something in Insomniac's Marvel universe, I, I would like to see. Um, obviously, I, I don't think that Spider-Man 2 is going to have co-op mode. I don't think that is going to be a thing. It's speculative at the minute for a lot of people, but I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe again, like you said, Taylor for for factions maybe it's something that they could do post launch but i think that the focus is going to be single player maybe you know we know wolverine's coming maybe something like a an x-men title i mean i know technically we have no idea that insomniac is going to do more marvel games after wolverine they will obviously um but maybe something like that maybe or fantastic four something where you can team up with friends uh, and play with that kind of quality um, and visual fidelity would be really awesome for me, I think. Yeah. Um, for me, I feel like I just don't really play multiplayer games that much. Yeah, I, um, really I play... Well, except for Smash. That's Actually, that's a lie. I play Smash. <laughs> <laughs> Caught yourself in a lie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I so I play a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen, um, and that's already on the PlayStation. I don't recommend it on the PlayStation. I'm so sorry. But, like, I feel like you need an MMO mouse for that game. You can play it. It's just there's so many buttons. And it's just, yeah, there's a lot of abilities. And it already fills up my entire MMO mouse, like, two or three times with all the abilities. So it's just not realistic on a controller. Um, or at least for me, it's not. I could never figure it out. So that's already on there. And then, like, League of Legends is the other multiplayer game that I play. And again not i wouldn't recommend that on playstation <laughs> um 
I mean, I wouldn't recommend that anywhere, to be honest. But that's just... I, so those are like the only games that I really am interested in. I do love first person shooters, but I'm so bad at them that I like feel guilty when I play with people. Cause it's almost like I'm dragging everybody down. Um, so I don't really play multiplayer games. I think the only thing that I really enjoyed, <laughs> this is so random. Um, I really enjoyed the Assassin's Creed multiplayer. <laughs> mm. Which one? I, um, I want to say it was Brotherhood. Brotherhood, yeah. It added a pretty into that pretty major multiplayer aspect to it, so it probably was. I, yeah, so I just I just because I remember like you have to like hide among the crowd of like everybody looking the same as you kind of thing. And I was so good at that. I was legitimately like so good at that. No one could ever find me. So <laughs> maybe you should play Dead by Daylight. Yeah, maybe. So maybe something fun like that. But that's like such a random multiplayer mode that like I don't know how they'd even really do like a full, I don't know, do like a hide and seek game. I don't know. Mm. Maybe. Interesting. Okay. And Ethan, aka White Sea Deer from Project X Talk, our fellow podcast on Save the Game Media. Go check them out. Submitted a question. He says With recent sales figures of Xbox increasing in Japan, and Microsoft pulling larger Japanese IPs like Persona, do you think Sony will respond in any way, such as consolidation? Or do you think Sony is confident on their holds on the Japanese and JRP market? What do you think they should do, if anything? So I think Sony needs to do nothing. Sony is an originally Japanese company, still a Japanese company, with their company headquarters in Japan, they make a variety of not just PlayStations, but televisions and video equipment. And they own the Blu-ray format. They have a huge, in context of all media, they have a huge presence in Japan and Japanese merchandise. And then onto the game market, most of the critically acclaimed JRPGs as of recent that aren't Switch exclusives were available in the PlayStation platform. You know, things that were breakout hits like a Persona 5 was, you know, enormous, completely eclipsed Shin Megami Tensei and Shin Megami Tensei in popularity. And that was a PlayStation 3, 4 exclusive. And they had that cornered Final Fantasy. They also have from Square. You know, between Final Fantasy and Persona, those are the major JRPGs I think of. And Sony has their hands on them. And I don't, I don't think. Oh, and also Bloodborne, an mm -hmm. action JRPG. They have a preference with from software. I really don't think Sony has anything they need to brush up on when it comes to their hold on Japanese market or JRPGs. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean the thing is, is like there, it's not like one, like it doesn't have to necessarily be like a competition, but well, it is. Um, yeah, <laughs> but in the Japanese market, in my opinion, it's almost non-competition because Microsoft does hysterically poorly in Japan. Yeah, um, it's like I think that like Microsoft can make their like make their moves, but you're right. Like Sony has like a chokehold, and as long as they don't like absolutely like drop the ball, I think they'll be okay. Yeah, I I agree with you, Taylor. That that they don't need to do anything. I don't think that Microsoft slash Xbox is ever going to 
um, have have a higher majority in in the Japanese market. Right. Although um, Lenny Kojima makes them makes you raise your eyebrow, but I still agree on on the whole. Yeah. Yeah. Like and and even with that, I think that you know Kojima, and it was because of toxic Sony fanboys that he made this statement. But they did come out and say that even though they are collaborating with Microsoft at the minute, they still have a very strong relationship with SIE. And, you know, you kind of have to, to the people that were being really vitriolic that Kojima's gone to Microsoft. Um, don't forget that Sony are, Sony is the team that essentially saved Kojima. Like Kojima was trying to get something up off the ground and Sony was the one that bit the bullet straight away and just entered a partnership and got Kojima Productions off the ground, essentially gave, you know, Decima um, from Gorilla to, to Kojima, gave him his engine that he works with. So I don't think that's ever going to change again, unless Sony does something stupid to spoil that relationship. I still think that Kojima is going to have as strong a relationship with Sony as he always has done. Um, mm -hmm. The only thing, and I don't think that they should do anything or necessarily have to. The only thing I could see Sony doing, and we would never know if this was actively in response to Microsoft gaining a bit of a foothold in Japan, would be to acquire Square. Um, yeah, I think I that's probably likely at some point. I think it's more a question of when as opposed to if. Um, my personal opinion, I think it's odd that they shed off, you know, like IDOS Montreal and Crystal Dynamics and whatnot. Um, yes, they kind of lost their way as studios recently, but I still think that they are excellently, you know, excellent and talented. Um, but if they are leaning themselves down for an acquisition, then Sony is right. the most likely candidate. That's why I think they would get them off their plate. It makes an acquisition much more straightforward. Mm -hmm. Where Square manages Japanese only more Japanese only properties rather than Eurydice Montreal, Crystal Dynamics, etc. But the only thing that maybe like the, the only thing that kind of baffles me with that, obviously it makes sense from a business decision, but for Sony wanting to be like the home of AAA single player, having things like, you know, Tomb Raider and Deus Ex and whatnot under their portfolio, I would have thought would have been really enticing to them. Um, but obviously, like like we say, logistically, it, it's far easier if they shed that weight, um, mm. and it still keeps the Japanese JRPG stuff with Square, right. um, and therefore Sony. So, gotcha. what do you think, Bree? Uh, honestly, it's just it's really like one. I think like uh, man, it's hard. Obviously, I'm not speaking very much English right now, but <laughs> um, I mean, I do agree on like the shutting the weight, but it's just like sorry, are you talking about the score acquisition? Yeah, specifically, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard because I don't. I just feel like Square is so big that like. They don't need it. Well, I don't what about know. moving away from Square about Sony's greater presence in Japan, the J JRPG market? You think they need to do anything? Mm, no, I really don't. Yeah. I mean, going back to what I was saying earlier, like unless they like absolutely drop the ball, like there's no reason 
for them to really dig in deeper. I mean, they can always like keep working and I'm sure that they always have stuff moving and um, like pieces that we have no idea are going on, but I don't think that they necessarily need to like panic and like, let's figure everything out right now. Like, I don't know. I just don't think that it's in the realm of like competition. I yeah. Guess. Well, we're pretty unified on that, on that front, Ethan. So take that. Take that, Ethan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, you breathe oxygen and you're featherless and bipedal. Screw you. <laughs> and I also wanted to talk to you again, Ethan, if you're listening, or Kevin. So on Thursday, Project X Talk, most of your guys' discussion was about physical versus digital media. This came about looking at Ubisoft taking away past DLC access for legacy owners of the original Assassin's Creed titles. And I think you guys had a really good discussion, but about this interplay between physical and digital goods. But I think you guys missed, in terms of game preservation and otherwise, uh, a key point here, which is emulation when it comes to accessing these titles. Uh, Just like addressing it. I don't think you guys addressed it. And I feel like it's a pretty substantial player when it comes to looking at a transition between physical and digital goods. Um, Granted, the opportunity for emulation is one of privilege. You need to have, if it's, if you're emulating a system that's more modern than, let's say, an N64 or even a PS1, you have to have a relatively decent computer setup. And moving forward in the next 10 to 15 years, um, you know, with emulating PS3 and kind of GameCube Wii is to now might be those in decades or more as time and i just thought that i don't know i thought you guys should have talked about it and i I feel like it's important to address in preserving goods even though you can't access it when you were a little kid if you having your first world privilege have the means to do so on a pc i think that takes a lot of the run of the blow away now of course this would be void if you are if you don't have that privilege and you're living on very little internet or a bad computer or both or are uncomfortable with legally acquiring your old games of course no not winking here uh i don't know i think that brunts the blow a bit of a digital future but that was just kind of a soapbox i wanted to address so i'm looking forward to your response kevin ethan or if you don't want to, it's okay. You can accept defeat. Yeah. But, uh, I was going to say, just don't respond. And just don't respond. Yeah. Just lose. What, what do you think, Breen Sam? I don't, actually, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have a stake in the conversation. I just put I out there what I put out there. I don't know if I have, like, a huge stake in the conversation. I almost, like, like was while you were, like, talking about it, almost having, like, an argument with myself where it's, like, well, I do prefer digital. Because, like, the thing is, is that physical can also, like physical can also like discs can go bad like cartridges can go bad stuff like that it doesn't really necessarily guarantee anything then the same way that like digital like they can erase the servers erase the game right modern day digital physical unless it's like switch games where the whole game's on the cartridge and it's actually less space to use a cartridge than it is download a switch game digitally that's the only case where modern physical media offers you a distinct advantage in operating the game 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm just thinking, like, because you specifically said, like, a note on, like, pres preserving games, and I think that that's, like, something that I've always been, like, interested in, like, being able to go back to things, but, I mean, as far as, like, like, I, I do think that they definitely missed out on the emulation point. I think that that's a huge point. Um, yeah, yeah, Kevin Ethan. Yeah. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the only, the only thing I really think, I mean, I have firmly planted myself with Ethan a couple of times now where I, I do prefer physical, um, you know, one, just because I'm I'm a bit of a collector. I like having a physical yeah. thing that I can hold and say, yeah. I own this. I agree with Bree that it's technically just as susceptible to damage and, and malfunction as a yeah. digital. But I think there's um, something about bit. agency is the word where you have agency sure. over the product exactly. that you have you have the product yeah if you disconnect um, but your system from the internet i am also you'll be glad to hear taylor also with you on the emulation point um okay. i think i think it's it's interesting like i also kind of correlate it it's obviously different but tangentially to something like x cloud on xbox where it's a really great idea emulation i'm speaking here and x cloud I just don't think we're quite there yet. And that's for a number of different reasons, but I think that we should be there and hopefully we will be there where right. On modern emulation consoles. is easy and commonplace. And that right. is how we preserve games, that kind of thing. I think it's coming, hopefully. Well, we're um, already seeing it being preserved in like, especially old Nintendo games like Switch Online, you know, NES, mm -hmm. SNES, Atari. Talk about Atari flashback. I think emulation is already being standardized. There's, and has been there's just a lag time from yeah. when the system is contemporary to how many years past its lifetime has end its lifetime's end and usually that's on the order of 10 to 15 years but as the systems get more complex it might not be unreasonable to assume that the lag time between accessible emulation to that system also gets proportionally longer but yeah we'll they also could be like a, like accounting for that in like the coding as well because i don't know like when they're like making like those older games like if they were even like thinking like oh there's gonna be more consoles and they will someday want to come back and play these games kind of I, thing i don't think i wouldn't think so but maybe it might make their code more modular for modification yeah. not necessarily I don't think they're necessarily like accommodating for it like specifically building in for like playing later but i'm saying like as the code gets like more simple and like easy and just like I don't know, it's like it's it's more coding in that there's more data in the game, but it's like less complex because the the like coding languages have kind of shifted with time and become right, easier. I see what you're saying. Getting more high level languages yeah. in there, like mm -hmm. Unity and otherwise, and engines that we can have like Unreal Engine rather than building everything from the ground up and making your soundtrack on the inside the back of an NES cartridge and nothing but MIDI, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. we have we, maybe evolved we have some tools just yeah. a tiny bit from there. Yeah, just. <laughs> tiny bit also i do want to like not that i want to start any fights but like also like i appreciate physical but to the point where like you're like importing games from other countries just to have the physical copy. hey ethan just imported klonoa for the xbox I know, that's why i'm saying something i'm like that was like perhaps a little bit too much i imported yeah. travis oh. again on switch physical just to trade it in because i wasn't such a big fan of it <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a pretty big the physical guy for nintendo but outside of that i was a big physical guy on ps4 but mm. on ps5 i really i don't have one physical ps5 game wow but just back compat ps4 games and my god of war steel book that has a game disc in it sony i know <laughs> but 
Uh, yeah. No PC physical games, unfortunately, guys. No big mm. box Quake from 1990s. Eight. That's a little past my time. I don't even have a time. way to play physical games on, on your PC. PC. If you, yeah, if you get a USB, uh, a USB disc player, and then oh. plug it into my USB port, and then you put it in the disc player, and then it could spin up on your PC. Oh. Or I could just buy it on Steam or acquire it completely <laughs> legally. Uh, yeah, that kind of kind of reminds me of when Apple released the cores that you can attach to your AirPods oh, so that God. they don't get lost. It's like, oh, okay, my... so there's something that was standardized a while back, and now you've taken it off, split it apart, made it like essentially twice as expensive in the process. Like having a USB disk drive just sounds weird to me. It sounds wrong. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just, like, I specifically, my aunt has, like, issues with her headphones, and so that just cracked me up. She, like, uses her headphones to find her phone in her purse. That's hilarious. And so, like, my dad gifted her, like, the AirPods, and she, like, got those cords because she didn't want to lose her phone in her purse. Because who knows where it would go if it was in your purse. Right. (laughs) Like, my mom's purse is, like, or she calls it her pocketbook, is a bottomless pit. (laughs) She, she like has one time she was looking for a phone and she found a loose spoon in there. I'm like, mom, are you shooting up? Why is there a spoon in your purse? Your your pocketbook? She was like, I don't know, Taylor, sometimes you you need a salad and have some spare silverware just lying around. It's like someone who puts a pizza in their front pocket. I don't know. Slice of pizza. Mm. Like, want some? Maybe I'll just like (laughs) start putting like Lunchables in my purse or something. Oh yeah. Small enough. I, yeah, it is. <laughs> I got a I got a new purse. I won't show you. It's all the way over there. But yeah. I got a new purse. Definitely big enough for Lunchables because I got it. It's big there enough for books. Cool. Just in case. Awesome. Well, <laughs> with that said, I think we're gonna wrap the show up. This is I think this has been a good time. And always. Yeah. And thank you so much, listeners, for checking us out. And you can find us on YouTube.com at Save the Game Media patreon.com slash see at the game media our discord and everywhere else links will be in the show notes and once again thank you to our patrons alpaca tom bucky blue and hopple and where can people find you sam and Bree? you can find me on twitter at sam heaney that's h-e-a-n-e-y um you can find me Pretty much anywhere at Fabulist, F-A-B-U-L-I-S-T, Brianna, B-R-E-A-N-N-A. Cool. And you can find me on Save the Game Media Discord. And I don't have Twitter because I don't like it. Good for you. Thanks, man. With that said, until next time, have a good one, everyone. Bye-bye. Peace.